0: welcome back to we still like each other the podcast i'm travis and i'm stephanie and this is the podcast where we show that the honeymoon stage can last forever
1: forever and ever
0: hey baby hey daddy we back we're back we back back yes feels good yeah it does what have we been up to
1: a lot has happened in the past couple of weeks um thanksgiving we went on an overnight date.
0: Mm, that was fun.
1: There's actually a vlog of that date on night.
0: Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash we still like each other.
1: Yes. And you have access to vlogs in the $7 and the $12 tier.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Merch. We dropped our merch. If you're watching on YouTube, I have some of our stickers on my laptop. Travis is wearing one of the shirts.
0: The ying to my yang.
1: Yes. The black and white one. And uh, I have some stickers on my water bottle. If you are looking for another way to support us that is the way um the sticker pack is 15 bucks so only 99 cents shipping so if you feel like you don't need any more t-shirts stickers is an easy way to support us but the t-shirts are pretty cool i love watching people wearing them yeah
0: the feedback has been amazing mm-hmm. um every time someone gets one they're like surprised you could you could tell how much love was put into them it's very apparent
1: apparently <laughs> that's not what i meant to say <laughs> Whatever, my brain is malfunctioning right now. But yes, check us, check out our merch, and thank you for those of you who've supported already. Um, yeah, we missed the episode. Um, it's been like a weird, like heavy, like emotional week for both of us, but we can't really get into it right now because it's still so fresh, and Travis and I are still working through it actively. And although this is a relationship podcast and we keep it real is not to the detriment of our relationship, right? So certain things that we share, we need to take our time with it first.
0: Yeah, for the I feel like for the most part when we do talk about something is because we're past it mm-hmm. or we've kind of figured it out for mm-hmm. the most part. Like, And the stuff that we're going through is kind of fresh, still mm-hmm. raw. Yeah. So I think once we've, I think the goal is to get past it and then heal from it and then be able to have yeah. conversations about it.
1: Absolutely. But something I did want to say is, <laughs> hormone your hormones like before you get your period that shit is real like my whole life i was either on birth control or whatever and i feel like i haven't really been in tune with my body and like the effects of my menstruation and this week has been heavy heavy emotionally tuesday was rough like i don't know i cried so much on tuesday like it just felt really really heavy and then boom i got my period on wednesday And I'm like, oh shit, like that makes complete sense. And you're probably wondering, like, don't you get your period every month? Shouldn't you know? But again, I was on birth control for a long time. Then I had River. And when you breastfeed, you don't get your period consistently, if at all. So since having River, this is only my third cycle. And the last one was in August. So I I really don't know my cycle yet, but that shit is real. And I'm just so happy to not be in a space where like I know I'm not gonna get on breath control. We're not planning to have a baby. So I can finally like learn my body and I can't fucking wait.
0: But disclaimer, mm-hmm. just because she's saying you can get emotional during your period, mm-hmm. men, be careful saying, Oh, you must be getting your period when your <laughs> your partner is emotional because that's yeah. a quick uh disaster, right? Great there.
1: tip, babe. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> just a tip. <laughs> Um, are you ready with the did you know baby
0: I am ready with the did you know did you know did you know men make up their minds about marriage pretty fast men make up their minds on whether or not they want to settle down with you pretty quickly although it's not usually immediate they tend to do they tend to decide faster than women that doesn't mean he's ready to propose that might require more courage and time hmm And this isn't to shame anyone who hasn't gotten married yet, (laughs) but I do think there's something to that, at least in my life. Mm -hmm. Like when I met you, I knew you were the one, like I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. Maybe it didn't immediately click that I wanted to marry you, but I Mm -hmm. just knew like there's no other place for me to be. And in previous relationships, I hadn't felt that those thoughts didn't cross my mind. In fact, it was quite the opposite where I was like, I'm never getting married. So... I don't know. Reading that, it spoke to me. I, you know, other men can write in the comments, let us know. Like, if you're married, did you know pretty quickly? Um, what about you? You think that's true that women don't think about it as quickly or don't come to that conclusion as quickly?
1: Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I feel like when it's the right person, you know. Um, do I think that women might take longer to accept it? Maybe, and it depends like on their dating history, right? Or how many failed relationships they had or their trauma surrounding relationships that might make them a little more hesitant to be like, this is the one, maybe some pessimism. Um, But I, in general, think that when you know, you know, whether you're a man or a woman or not. Um, But then it's like, I also don't want people to think that if you don't have an initial spark that oh, this isn't your person, mm. right? Because I think that's fairy tale stuff. Sometimes your person, you don't have that initial like oh, butterflies in my stomach. This is the person.
0: It's more realistic that you'll get there you'll rather get than it's there immediate. Then
1: it's immediate. Um, but again, everything comes with balance, right, and nuances because you also don't want to force a connection. You don't want to say like this person is perfect on paper, right? Career wise, um looks wise you know their goals in the future everything's perfect but i don't feel anything and then now you're forcing yourself to get there you have to just be realistic with yourself um and there's a limit you know like the spark has to eventually come but i also feel like it doesn't have to be like the first date Mm. okay right all right so topic one I'm reading another book by Terence Real. So this book is called The New Rules of Marriage, What You Need to Know to Make Love Work. Um, Terence Real wrote the book Us that I spoke about on episode 66 and on episode 63. I also have a full review of that book on our website. So if you go to westilllikeeachother.com, you'll find it in the blog section. Um, but in this book, I'm not done with it yet, but I love that it kind of talks about the rules of marriage changing in the twentieth century and the twenty first century, and he talks a lot about the the role of men and women and how they've changed over the years, which means the rules of marriage have also changed, right? So if we're in a more modern society and gender roles are changing, then the rules of a successful marriage must also change.
2: Yeah.
0: I see that.
1: Right. Like you can't have the expectations of a 21st century woman, but then expect her to accept 20th century marriage rules. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Um, But what I wanted to focus on today is he mentions that there are five losing strategies in a marriage. The first one is needing to be right. The second one is controlling your partner. The third one is unbridled self-expression, which is interesting.
0: Can you explain that one?
1: That one's like uncontrolled self-expression. And the reason I say that that's interesting is because we speak a lot about communication, being open and honest. When you feel something, say it. But that doesn't mean that you have to say every single thing that comes to your mind uncontrolled because sometimes our initial thought is not right. It could be hurtful. So that one is like understanding the the limits of open communication.
0: And I I think I naturally do that just because of my personality. You
1: naturally do what?
0: Like I I filter myself Mm. and maybe not knowing that it's beneficial to our marriage, but more so I just know that the initial reaction isn't always the best reaction Mm. and for me and sometimes you hate it but we'll have we'll having a conversation and you're you'll say something and you're expecting me to all right come back with something and I'm like I'm processing that like it sounds very robotic but mm-hmm. it's true like let me give me a second to come out with the best response that I feel like is gonna move this conversation forward because if I just say something without it's kind of like I'm going to get real nerdy here, but me and Eli were just watching Avengers and Dr. Strange goes and he thinks of all the possibilities of what's going to happen. And there's like a million, 17 million mm-hmm. things. And only one time that they won. Gotcha. That's what my brain's doing. I'm like, I'm thinking of all the fails, if, <laughs> what I could potentially say. And I, Oh, I found the one that could hopefully work and move us forward. So totally get it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And for me, the reason you said that I hate it sometimes is that, I, I've i already thought of everything I wanted to say and I just told you like what's going through my mind, right? And then you're silent. So then it starts to make me second guess like on the show and I'm like, does that make sense? It's because when I don't hear a response from you, it starts to make me think that I'm bugging. Like I didn't make sense. He doesn't understand me. Like I'm creating this narrative in my head <laughs> that everything I said, you didn't understand. But again, that's just part of- me not projecting and and us working on our communication too, right? Because I think it's okay to say like I need a minute instead of just sitting in silence. And it, it depends on the situation. And
0: I'm I'm very aware that although I'm I I know I do that, mm-hmm. there's a limit to that, right? Mm-hmm. I can't just always be doing that. Sometimes you got to you know, it's like playing tennis. I can't be like, "All right, hold that ball in the air while I get my swing right."
1: But even so Sometimes we do need a minute for our response, our complete response. But even a, I hear you, or I, I can mm-hmm. see where you went with that. Like a simple, like acknowledgement of what was said, so that the person doesn't feel like you're ignoring them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If that that makes sense, you see, I mean, again, does that <laughs> make sense? Um,
0: T-shirt's coming soon. <laughs>
1: All right, so back to the five strategies. The first one, needing to be right, controlling your partner, unbridled self-expression, retaliation, and the last one is withdrawal. And the withdrawal was very interesting, and I needed to share it with everyone. So, withdrawal, what do you think withdrawal is, babe?
0: Just kind of like m- removing yourself from the conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like or, going, going to another room. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. It could also be like not speaking up about something. Like you kind of gave up. Mm. Like at this point, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So I'm going to just read what Terrence Real says about withdrawal and why it's a losing strategy. Withdrawal can be motivated by a distaste for retaliation. Or a general fear of conflict or a mistrust of closeness, a reluctance to be vulnerable, a sense of futility, which I had to look up, which means you think it's pointless Mm. or just plain fatigue. You can withdraw from your entire relationship, drifting further and further apart. One client told me, John and I just started leading more separate lives. He had his interests. I had mine. He had his friends. I had mine eventually there simply wasn't much left to bind us together and i wanted to talk about that because i feel like we've had conversations about that
0: but friendships or interests
1: both mostly interests i think do you remember when i kind of mentioned that fear that i had
0: remind me because i feel like (laughs) i'm gonna butcher it
1: so i i it was about food and working out okay And I was like, you know, sometimes I think like I'm going to just eat the things I want, cook the things I want to cook, go to the restaurants I want to go to and not hold myself back because you don't like those things, right? Okay. Then I was like, you know what? I want to work out. I want to do these things. Like I'm going to just do them and not feel like Travis has to join me. And then I remember telling you like I have a fear of if I just continue to do the things I like to do, that we're gonna grow apart and like not have things that bind us together. You remember that? Yeah. You remember what you said?
0: Nope. So what's... this was a while ago, though. Um, to yeah, be.
2: it was
1: a couple of months ago. Okay, yeah, don't. No. So what I would remember you the conversation. Out of that.
0: Um. Well. Just kind of focusing on one thing at a time. I know. Like your your goal with like the working out stuff is more so you're thinking long term. Mm-hmm. You don't want me to be basically handicapped as we get older mm-hmm. because you decided to work out and I was more whatever still. And then it's like we're 60 and you can do push ups and I can barely walk down <laughs> some stairs. And
2: yeah.
0: That's going to affect our lives in terms of the things we want to do. Mm-hmm. So when you were explaining to me like that, I was like, I don't really care to work out, but I can see the long-term benefits. I'm so mm-hmm. like, I'm on board with mm-hmm.
2: that.
0: Um, in terms of food, I feel like I would, I'm open to pushing myself. And mm-hmm. I think you can appreciate me trying and then saying, wasn't for me rather yeah. than looking at the menu and then saying, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not sure if I said that back then. That's how I feel now.
1: When I brought it up to you, you said, "I've been thinking about that too," mm. and you told me that mo- mostly about the working out part. Like you felt like you might have felt left out. Like if you know, I went hard, and then fitness was like this thing, and then you were gonna feel it's it's coming insecure. Back to me. It's coming back to me. And you might feel like insecure, you know, in terms of like your body, your capabilities. X, Y, and Z.
0: Um, it remi- I don't know why this is popping into my head, but I remember we were watching like the Kardashians once mm-hmm. and Kim says she, I mean, obviously you shouldn't be jealous of them at that moment, <laughs> but Kim says she always used to be jealous of Chloe and Tristan mm-hmm. because they always start their morning, five o'clock in the morning, they start working out mm-hmm. and she just be by herself like basically as a third.
2: Mm-hmm. Kanye
0: was nowhere in sight.
2: Mhm, mm-hmm.
0: and obviously, fitness is important to her, mm-hmm. and the fact that her partner wasn't by her side and it could have been you know it could have been something simple like he could have just been in the room mm-hmm. cheering her on, but the fact that he just was nowhere, and you know they have enough money where they don't gotta worry about kids five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> so um, it's a little different, but I can see the point in that it's bonding time mhm, and when we have worked out together, I have felt closer to
1: absolutely yeah i feel like we would be cheering each other on like keep going push Mm. push or when i'm like
0: yelling because i'm dying out of a from Mm -hmm. a workout it's um i don't know it's it sucks in the moment but after i'd never feel like fuck i wish i didn't do that after yeah it's only during
1: all right so i'm gonna read a little bit more about withdrawal you can also withdraw from specific aspects of the relationship. You stop sharing your feelings, stop sharing yourself physically, so that one or more of the five areas of intimacy, intellectual, emotional, physical, sexual, and spiritual, start to dry up between you and your partner. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so small little changes in your lives that separate you. That's like what withdrawal is, right? And it could... Conf- what's interesting about it is that it could feel it could happen without you realizing it like it could creep up on you is what i'm trying to say like some things are obvious like stonewalling like shutting down a conversation but it could also be just very subtle changes that pull you apart um but then there's something also called acceptance right So I feel like when it comes to the food thing for me, I'm leading into acceptance, right? Like you are who you are and that's something that's not worth it to me to stress, right? And learning how to just accept that you don't like being in the kitchen. You don't enjoy cooking, right? Like just accepting that or that when you do cook for me, I kind of like you need to do it like with a positive attitude like i don't like how you look like you have an attitude there and i have to just be grateful that you're doing it right so i'm like working towards acceptance i'm (laughs) not not there i'm not there yet
0: (laughs) i I did feel you staring at me a little today (laughs) when i was making the uh the eggs for the kids i I
1: wasn't i feel like you did good yeah Mm -hmm. okay i wasn't i didn't even think anything i was like all right i I was giving you tips
0: you know you know what We, we we're honest here right okay um so you always make me breakfast sandwiches.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Love them, but today I was making my own, mm-hmm. and you like were like, "Oh, get the cheese, get the chicken."
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: then when I didn't say, I said, "Oh, I don't want chicken," and you said, "Why?" And I got I got a little shook, like, "Oh, I just I'm not in the mood for it today." And I was like, "Oh boy, this is about to be a thing." Right? No,
1: I honestly, <laughs> the reason I was like, "Why?" is because I only buy chicken for you. Mm. Like Eli and I prefer ham, like deli ham, so. One, I want to use it. I don't want to waste it. And two, I was like, if I made him the sandwich, I would have put chicken in it. Did
0: that run through your mind immediately? Yeah. Okay.
1: Like, I was like, I would have put chicken in it and he would have just ate it. But it was just weird. I was like, whatever. And I let it go. Okay.
0: You didn't harbor on it. No. Okay. Acceptance. (laughs) Well, I I was like, is everything okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. All right. So now I'm going to read about acceptance. Okay. Not butting heads with your partner because you're convinced that it's futile, again, pointless, to try can look like mature acceptance. After all, real relationships are not perfect and you will not get everything you want. But real acceptance and fake acceptance of, of withdrawal are empathetically not the same and confusing the two can lead you and your relationship into a lot of trouble. Real acceptance feels like a choice. In grown-up relationships, when it becomes clear that for now, a certain want or need of yours will not be fully met, no matter how many different strategies you try, you run through a relationship reckoning. You ask yourself, are enough of my needs being met in this relationship to make grieving those wants and needs that will not be granted worth my while? Mm. So... With the food, you know how I used to talk about it with people and I used to say, you know what? If our biggest issue is that Travis is a picky eater or like that he doesn't want to try restaurants, like I'm lucky as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to acknowledge everything that you are, everything that you do provide to our relationship that I have to like let that go. Like it's not worth the reckoning. It's not worth trying different strategies and being stressed out because I have everything else that you provide. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: it's a good point. And I'm glad, you know, you're, you're learning that and it's not becoming a thing because I think since I met you, it's been healthy that you've pushed me to try new things Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. explore new things. But I don't know. There's some things about me at my core. It's just who I am. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with, I don't know the, it's I just feel like it's so ingrained in me at this point. I've learned to accept it, so I hope you do too.
2: Um
1: But there's limits, right? Because we also talk about people who'll say, That's just who I am with certain personality characteristics that they refuse to change, mature, grow up. And as a father, you can't a hundred percent just say, I don't like to cook. Like there's going to be moments where you have to make breakfast. You have to m- make a sandwich. Like, your go-to to feed your children shouldn't be Uber Eats every single day, every single time. Yeah, You get what I'm saying? So, yes, I accept it that you're not going to make me a five-course meal. Or you're not going to learn a new recipe or, you know, make something fresh or make seafood. Like, that I accept. But I can't accept that you can't fry an egg for your kids. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does and i'm learning um it's it's kind of like embarrassing (laughs) at like 34 that i feel like i'm still learning things but i'm also happy that i'm pushing myself for the sake of my children um so in that sense whatever i I shake off the embarrassment pretty quickly because they're gonna reap the benefits of me getting my shit together
1: and that's another thing that makes it uncomfortable right because like when you're in the kitchen doing stuff and then I'm giving you tips, I don't want you to feel embarrassed or I don't want you to feel like, why am I even doing it? If she's gonna make me do it better. So I feel like we need better communication in that area.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Like I, you know, I'm, I think one of my strengths is being able to follow directions in the sense that, you know, even I always say this about when it comes to my job, like a lot of people, can look up something on YouTube and not know what the fuck to do. Yeah. But I can look up that same thing and actually know how to execute it. So with that being said, when it comes to like, all right, you're like, do this, do that, do this. All right, I could compute it pretty quickly and put and it remember in. remember
1: it for next time. Exactly. Which I know is one of your strengths, which is why I've always said, like, if you literally look at a recipe, I know you can make a good meal because you're good at following directions. I've literally said that to you before, but... <laughs> I digress. (laughs) Um, Terrence adds a couple of rules throughout the book. And one of them about withdrawal and acceptance, it says the difference between acceptance and withdrawal is resentment. So when you're withdrawing, you're kind of giving up. And there's still resentment there, which is why I feel like I'm not 100% at acceptance because there's still moments where I'm annoyed by it. Mm -hmm. Not that I resent you, but I'm still like, ugh. I'm struggling to be at full acceptance. Um, what else? Oh, and with withdrawal is bad because it could become stonewalling. And the, a way that you prevent that is that you, when you take space or when you put distance between yourself and your partner, there needs to be an explanation. So you need to, like, I need a minute. I need some time with this. And you have to let them know when you think you'll be ready to discuss it. It can't just be like, I need space. I don't know.
0: I think. So you're good at telling me. Mm -hmm. You're not good at giving me like a time.
1: (laughs) But I feel like I never take really long.
0: I know. But still, listen, these are the experts. (laughs) So instead of me like twiddling my thumbs, I think it'll be beneficial for me to know, all right, it's going to take her 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, but it's just kind of like being left in the unknown. That's the. See,
2: I
1: don't think being that exact with time is what the experts mean. I think it's more so like, I'll be back within the hour. Or if things, if there's big, big issues, some people need like actual distance, like spending the night at your mom's house or like something to that extent. But just being more specific, like we'll be, we'll return to this at this point. I feel like you and I, I literally most of the time is just c- cooling myself down, not to say anything in a, an aggressive tone. And literally sometimes I just need a few minutes, but I'll do better at being a little more specific.
0: Or we just don't argue.
1: <laughs> Ever? No, we'll just be perfect. Always living in the honeymoon stage. There was another part in here that kind of reminded me of the conversation we had about kinks, desires, communicating your kinks, and using open communication about what you want to have a better experience in the bedroom, right? Mm. But there's limits, right? And there has to be some sort of acceptance sometimes that you can't get what you want, right? When we spoke about it, we talked about how some couples fantasize about having threesomes, but they don't actually do them. And they come to accept that. Like, I could fantasize about it. We could talk about it during sex. But my partner will never be okay with having that. And you have to decide, is this going to be a deal breaker? Or do I get so much more from the rest of my relationship, from my partner, what they bring to my life in general, that I can accept the fact that he or she doesn't want to have a threesome, right? So there's this couple, um, that the wife has had some sexual like trauma. Mm. So for her, it's very difficult to be on a submissive kind of side in the bedroom. So okay. like allowing her partner to be super dominant. Okay. Right? They've spoken about it, they've gone to therapy, and she has um become a little more submissive at times, but because of her trauma, she just could never be as submissive as he wants. He could never be aggressive in the bedroom, right? So they've had open open communication, they've expressed it, but she's never gonna be what he wants in the bedroom. Mm. And he's and he he has come to accept it. It says Doug came to wholeheartedly embrace the many blessings between himself and Phyllis, not just in the other four areas of intimacy, but in their sex life as well. A terrific sex life overall, even if it didn't exactly conform to his image or meet every single one of his needs. This is true acceptance. It is the cultivation of an attitude of gratitude and i feel like many of us can benefit from having just more gratitude um even when i'm in my worst moments like in our marriage or feeling like anger about something gratitude always brings me back like acknowledging what we do have always brings me back
0: yeah i think for me that's helped me get that's helped me get through some tough times um like when just basically imagining my life without you, even in this moment of feeling like a lot of anger, mm-hmm. I still think about like outside of this moment, what does my life look like mm-hmm. without you? And it's easy for me to center myself that way. Um, and I don't have to do it often, but when it does happen, it, it helps Um And, you know, me and you have been having a lot of discussions lately just as far as where we see our future. And it's, like, very clear that we just both want that future to have each other. Each
1: other, no matter what.
0: Um, But it's not just going to be a case of, all right, we want it, so it's going to happen. It's going to be, like, what work are you willing to put in to get to that future?
2: Mm -hmm. What
1: things are you willing to accept and let go?
0: So with that being said, it's, like, I'm down to do all the homework it takes Mm -hmm. and I hate homework, (laughs) but I love you. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
1: Speaking of homework, this book. um, So when I read us, I was like, this book could be for any couple, right? Like they don't have to be fighting or anything. It's just informative. It gives you strategies. It just helps you look into your past The book Us really pushes you to think of your childhood and your adaptive child or your inner child and how it shows up in your adult relationships, either marriage, partners, even with your kids. Like Mm -hmm. that book really pushed me to just see how my upbringing has impacted my behavior till this day. This book is heavier and I feel like I would recommend it if you're having trouble in your marriage. And you really have to be on the same page with your partner. I feel like if you read this and you want to do the work and your partner doesn't, it's going to feel even heavier on your relationship, right? Like you're going to feel like I have the key right here. Like this is what we need to do. This is what we need to follow and you refuse.
0: Would you say that, let's say someone does have the work, like they're, they have what it could, the tools that they could use to mm-hmm get their marriage or relationship out the mud Uh but their partner isn't you know receptive
1: so i will say i don't know exactly but there is information in this book like as you read it it gives you homework per se right and it'll say what to do if your partner isn't on the same page like and it it sets your expectations better and even if your partner isn't on the same page he does mention like just you doing the work can improve things Mm -hmm. and then it could lead to like a trickle-down effect. Like your partner may realize like, okay, you are making personal growth changes. I need to do the same. It's
0: kind of like, let's say you have, like let's say what we were just discussing earlier, like you're hitting the workout Mm
2: -hmm. and I see
0: you're like over here flexing in the mirror with your six pack and I'm over here drinking some Pepsi. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Eventually I'm gonna be like, oh, shit, I need to get it together.
1: Yes, but I can't let that fuel me, right? Like mm. I, I have to actually accept that you don't really want to work out right now. And if eventually it motivates you to do it, that's okay. But I can't be like, I'm working out and I, I, he better want to one day, like, let me flex in front of him. Let me show him this mm. because I'm trying to do some reverse psychology to motivate you to work out. So I can't have that as a motivation.
0: So, doing the work on your own should just be something you want to do and not something necessarily something you want
1: to do to be- improve your relationship, but you can't do the work cuz you want to make your partner a better person. Your partner has to be want to be a better person for themselves. Get that. And hopefully you doing the work for you will lead that you know, will open the path for your partner to follow. Get it. Makes sense. Totally. <laughs> All right, so you ready to move on to the next topic?
0: Yeah, but before we do, just a reminder to everyone that if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like, leave a comment, subscribe if you haven't. I'm pretty sure all of you are. Um, If you're listening on any podcast platforms, leave us a five-star review. If you're gonna leave anything less, then just keep on listening, don't worry (laughs) about that. And yeah, we just appreciate you all. You know how the algorithm loves for you guys to engage with us, so please engage. we have days throughout the week that we we um, dedicate to like replying to all of you. So mm-hmm. we'll get to you.
1: Oh, and also our website has a contact section. So we used to tell people to email us, um, but you can just go to our website and hit contact and then you could email us with a, oh also y'all can relate or just anything you want in general Um it's been cool receiving messages from there.
0: Yeah, I think I think with the contact us, you can even be more anonymous
1: mm-hmm. because
0: it's not like you're sending it from your email. Yeah, it's so through the website. Yeah, so even we
1: won't know who you are. Unless if, you want to. Unless you want us to know. That's a very good point because sometimes you will email us and you tell us, you know, make sure it's anonymous and we always do. We respect that. But if you don't even want us to know who you are and you have a personal question, the contact us button on... Our website is the best way. Yeah, and
0: people have been using it already. So shout out to y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. Let's move <laughs> on.
1: All right. So um, we're in the holiday spirit. If you're watching on YouTube, or in front of our Christmas tree. I got some Christmas tree earrings on. And um, what's that black singer that wore like a sweater like this in his music video? He's like on a piano.
0: Damn, I'm good at I this I thought stuff. you would
1: know. But anyway, um, I got that sweater on. Okay. <laughs> and... I wanted to talk about how the holidays can be a really big stressor to couples, people in relationships. Um, The holidays can be tough on everyone. Um, It could be tough on singles because you start to, your loneliness feels more obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's together with people. Um, But in relationships, how do you think the holidays can have like a negative impact
0: the first thing that comes to mind for me is financial. Mm. Um, I think with any holiday, the burden of giving an extravagant gift can stress people out mm-hmm. mentally and in their wallet. Yeah, um, I'm fortunate that in the years we've been together, I've never felt that, that uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Pressure. That pressure or stress Mm-hmm. It's only because it's only been done because I want to. Mm-hmm. And I know that no matter how small or how big the gift I give you, you're going to be appreciative. Um, and I think as time has gone on, I've just, I show my love for you in that way mm-hmm. through gifts all year round. So that when holidays come around, it's kind of like, sometimes you just be like, we're good. Like yeah. last week you just did this for me. Or the yeah. week, we're good. And I really, it took me a while to really believe you. <laughs> Because, um, you know, I we live in yeah. a social media era. So it's like. I was
1: going to say the comparing.
0: So, you know, Christmas morning and it's just like, although we're like happy that Eli's happy, mm-hmm. but then it's like you're on, you're browsing through people's stories and you see, oh, she just got this Chanel bag or he mm-hmm. put two tickets in a this and that and you're just like. I feel
1: like by the time we can afford Chanel bags,
0: <laughs> but I'm, go- I'm going I know, but extreme. I'm saying by
1: the time we can afford them, I'm it would probably be the same. You probably would just get it for me whenever. It wouldn't be like on Christmas.
0: Yeah, but I'm those are extreme gifts. But even mm-hmm. small gifts, mm-hmm. like there was always that concern for me that social media could, although you're saying one thing, social media could kind of skew that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like social media has impacted people even like the way their homes look around the holidays, right? Like I love my Christmas tree and I feel like it's fun. It's it's festive. The colors are – it has a lot of red, which is like Christmas. But then it's like we're in an era of like minimalism and – White. And like, <laughs> you know, cream and browns and trees that look like they belong in like Macy's and not like your home. And honestly, the – It's fucked with me a little bit, but then I remind myself, like, no, I love my... Like, I genuinely have joy in my Christmas tree, and that's what matters.
0: I'm very thankful, since we're, you know, reflecting on Thanksgiving. Uh, (laughs) I'm very thankful that this new way of thinking as far as, like, homes and aesthetics hasn't, like, brainwashed you. Because, you know, I grew up in a lived-in home, Mm. and I'm sure you can... say the same and not everything was always in its place like i look over there there's a sock right now (laughs) and it's like it's not the end of the world although when it's time to clean we clean but we're not like it it doesn't have to be picture perfect yeah um and i think that's where a lot of people like they can really stress themselves out Mm -hmm. there's even like a i think there's like a popular real sound where it's like i don't have the most um like aesthetically pleasing work area but look at what i'm working on because mm-hmm. you know like even like even what we're doing with the shirts like the rooms they look so everything's nice and piled up yeah. and perfect and you have even kind of felt the way sometimes as far as like it's not like the most perfect work area mm-hmm. aesthetically yeah but it's ours mm-hmm. and it's something we're working towards better but it doesn't mean that we should not
1: be proud of it
0: or even take not be proud of the fact that we took the step to get here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I say all that to say I'm like, I'm just happy or what well, a better question is, has it brainwashed you? Because I'm over here saying I'm happy it hasn't. but
1: No, I feel like the only thing that I feel like social media has influenced me on and I think in a positive way is wanting to have less stuff. And I feel like the reason I want a more minimalist life. And it's not for the aesthetics or the colors because I'm a, y'all know me. I, I love color. I love dressing with eclectic things. I like plants in my house. But the idea of minimalism just to make life simpler, right? So cleaning is easier to do because we don't have so much shit, right? Like even when we do laundry and then fold the laundry, it stresses me out when I feel like I don't know where to put it because our drawers are full, our closets are full. So social media has motivated me to just want less stuff so that cleaning is easier. Cleaning is streamlined. Everything has its place, Mm. right? Yeah. All right. Um, I have made a list of other ways the holidays could stress people out. Um, Sometimes couples disagree on Which side of the family to hang out with during (laughs) the holidays? How do you think people should handle that?
0: Alternate. Yeah, I think just alternating. Um, Yeah, you have to to give a little, give and take, you know?
1: Honestly, yes, alternating. But I think alternating is only the solution if you feel comfortable in both spaces. Mm. Because if you don't feel comfortable at someone's house, like... Don't go there.
0: Yeah. But I think that then that's a bigger issue that Mm -hmm. needs to be addressed because I don't think, I don't think just accepting that I don't feel comfortable is the way to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, every situation is different, but I think at least give it a try at addressing what it is there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we've been talking about this where I need to listen to my gut more and Part of that is not being in spaces where I don't feel comfortable. Um, And we recently had a conversation about this and I've come to the decision that there's a certain space that I don't want to be in and and it's tough, but it's being true to me and it's going to cause less stress for me, which in turn means less stress for our relationship. Like why are other people influencing the energy between you and I? Um, So yeah, yeah be true to your feelings and your gut um but you don't always have to be the bigger person and i'm coming to learn that now
0: yeah (laughs) no i mean it's it's true it it sounds funny but i think we we put some like that's something that's you even tell your kids like oh be the bigger person the
1: bigger person is okay It's family like just come around and no, like I don't wanna accept that. I don't need to be about around anyone who makes me feel unsafe, makes me feel like I have to like be on edge, or that I wish I had a camera or recorder to like keep track of every word that's exchanged because then it'll be used against me later. Like, fuck that. I'm too old for that yeah. shit.
0: I think that's I'm I'm happy you're there. It's a l it's taking a little more for me to accept. Yeah. Um, like even conversations we've been having recently where it's like i i've said like i feel like i've romanticized a lot of the relationships i've had with people Mm. and it's like is it is it as real as i think it is or have i like just made it this grand thing that it wasn't
1: created a false reality
0: and coming to that reality is is tough it's a tough pill to swallow and you know, I, I'm I'm I totally agree with you that you should not be in places that make you feel uncomfortable. You should not be in places that don't bring joy. We're too grown for that.
1: Or forcing yourself in spaces that people don't want you there.
0: That's that's the big one.
1: You're not for everybody, and that's okay. Like if I didn't get an invite, I ain't gonna be begging for one. Like it is what it is.
0: And I think for me, I need to take the time to appreciate how many people do want me around. Mm-hmm. I think I get caught up sometimes in the fact that thinking like, oh, X, Y, and Z didn't send me the invite, but then thinking about how many people would love if I was in their space right now. So,
1: And sometimes we could be projecting, right? Like maybe we think someone doesn't want us around, but everybody's busy, everybody's living crazy lives. So sometimes if you want to be around someone, you have to take the initiative now if you take the initiative and they're obviously like you know w you avoiding you then you got your answer but sometimes you have to take the step and i think a lot of us sometimes we're afraid we're in this culture of like you don't want to bother people you don't want to text or call or whatever and we hold ourselves back from reaching out to people that we actually want to be around
0: they kind of Um, Calling back to what I said in the beginning of the episode, Mm -hmm. but it's like you kind of play out all the scenarios of what's going to happen. So I was like, "All right, if I text so and so, hey, let's go and do this." All right, they could say a million of these things, and the reality is, they could just say, "Cool, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's do it." And yeah, there is that fear of being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. putting yourself out there that I, I'm guilty of having, but I'm gonna. try and shake it
1: yeah and also have friends that aren't gonna judge you or i can't think of the word well basically what i'm trying to say is sometimes you make plans and then you can't follow through with them and you want to be friends with people that are understanding right um we had plans to have some friends over this weekend and it's been a tough emotional week and i was like i can't like to get the house in order to plan an activity to you know i just mentally it's too much for me right in this moment and i was able to say it to them and they were like no problem hope you feel better some people might see that as like oh they canceled on me so choose your friends wisely
0: (laughs) Yeah, but even with that like I would read that, but they don't mean this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and I know this person. Yeah. I know that they meant it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But.
1: We create stories in our head. We got to, we project.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Um. So we talked about budgeting and gifting, um, quality time with children, taking time off of work. This one's tough, right? Because the kids around Christmas have like 10 days off of school and not every parent could just take all that time off and it, it becomes difficult. It becomes a burden because now you got to find a babysitter. Um, You miss out on quality time. If one parent could take off and not the other, that shit is tough.
0: Yeah. I think I need to get better with that. Um, I'm going to try and do that better. in next year in terms of, Maybe not everyone, but, like, the big ones, planning my time off around Eli's
2: schedule.
0: Mm -hmm. This year that we're in now, I feel like it was an afterthought. Like, it's just kind of like, all right, what's going on? Like, I'll I'll figure out something, like, weeks prior. So
1: I'm going to be honest about this with you. I haven't really mentioned it. But the prior years, the reason you did have those days off was because I was telling you, like, I would remind you, and then I was also working as a teacher, so I had the same days off as Eli. So I kind of was like, take these days, do these days, and I feel like this year, for whatever reason, I didn't remember, and then it just didn't get done. And it's like one of those things that we talk about, how like mental load, and I'm having guilt because you didn't take the days, but it's also like,
0: why didn't, why didn't you know? take? Yeah. Why
1: didn't you take the days? And it's like one of those mental checklist to do things that my list gets so long sometimes that I need a little more support from you.
0: Add it to my list.
1: (laughs) It's tough. The mental load is no
0: joke. That shit's a lot. And I'm just kind of like getting on board with like, you know, making doing my best to make it feel like it's even. And even my idea of even, I put that in quotes, Is I'm like this is a lot
1: because like even the Christmas tree going up that's a mental load
0: and there's stuff today that I want to accomplish that I've even told you and I'm just like who this is like heavy so mm-hmm. yeah we just gotta we gotta push ourselves and just know the couch ain't going nowhere Netflix will be around forever yeah and there'll be and the things that you need to accomplish will be done quicker than you can like mentally get yourself over that hurdle.
1: Yeah. I guess the last thing I want to say about this topic is that you have to create your own family traditions. Do what's right for you. You don't want to create a life that's for Instagram, right? Um, Listen, I post everything on Instagram, so I don't mean that. I don't mean like you're not supposed to want to share What I mean is you don't want to compare your life to someone else's because the circumstances are different. Different job schedules, different budgets, different personality styles, different love languages, right? Um, Some families have someone who's super... Like last Christmas, I bought our matching Christmas pajamas in October. Even for River? Like I was on it because I knew River was coming and I wanted the family photo with matching pajamas. This year, I didn't, it wasn't a priority for me. So, but I could easily come Christmas, see all the families with their matching pajamas and have a little guilt. But I have to remind myself, like, it just wasn't important this year. Like, who gives a shit? Um, Create your own traditions. Don't let people guilt you into thinking you have to follow something. Like, Um, some people go to the Christmas tree in the city. Some people are like, there's too crowded. There's too many people. I don't want to do that shit. Like do what makes you feel good, what makes you feel happy. Um, and just step out of your comfort zone when someone in your family wants to try something new. Um, like for example, once Eli is like, I want to go do X, Y, and Z. We might have to tough it out and try different things because we don't want to hold him back from experiencing traditions and the way he thinks they should be.
0: Yeah, I think um, recently had a reminder from you is that it's like we have to focus on creating the lives that we kind of feel sad that we didn't have when we were younger Mm -hmm. and what does that look like? Because it's not gonna be something where we're just, it's an overnight thing. We got to lay the foundation, plant the seeds now
2: mm-hmm.
0: for so that when our kids are 25 plus, they're not reflecting on their childhoods as anything other than loving
2: mm-hmm.
0: and doing things that they want to pass on to their family. Like, I don't I can't recall anything that I'm bringing from my childhood <laughs> into this life. Like, it, yeah. it's it's sad, but and. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if there's anyone to blame. Yeah, You know, it's one of those things where this isn't me trying to like shit on my parents. It's just, I just know what I want to do differently. And it's not to say they did it bad. It's Mm -hmm. just with social media, it's hard not to compare. Mm -hmm. It's impossible not to compare. And with
1: social media, we have so much information at our fingertips, like in terms of therapy, psychology, childhood trauma, how things impact us. I think we're a generation of information overload, which is why we're making so many changes in just one generation. You get what I'm saying? Like there's so much healing that we have to do because what took two, three, four generations to happen because of how slow information traveled now can be done in our generation. But that's too much pressure at times, right? like we're we're trying to do too much, like creating traditions, healing trauma, changing our attitudes, not being reactive, gentle parenting it's like a lot it makes the mental load huge, and we have to give ourselves grace um and do things at our own pace,
0: yeah what's off the top of your head? Is mm-hmm. there something that you didn't have as a child that you want? our children to say was a tradition of ours
1: like a tradition like holiday tradition um i feel like maybe just being more intentional with our quality time like i don't really remember like i remember like talking about why we don't have dinner together like in the movies Mm -hmm. um or i remember my mom working really hard and When my sister and I were teenagers, it was on us to kind of motivate her to get a Christmas tree and to decorate because she would kind of get in her like Grinch moods, like, you know, like whatever, like I'm just working hard, like it's not that big a deal. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't know, just being intentional, like movie night or creating hot, making hot chocolate or working on a project, like just having quality time together.
0: Yeah, I think my biggest thing that, and even outside of holidays, is that I just want to pass on that you show up for family. Mm. Like, I want them to know that it isn't because you're 21 that it's over, right? I think, and I don't know if that's like a case of like black and or people of color that is just like, all right, 21, you're an adult, mm-hmm. slap on the butt, figure it out, but There's a lot of families where it's just like, you take your time, Mm -hmm. you figure it out. Like, I just want them to know that I'm here as long as they're trying. Yeah. Yeah. I got your back.
1: That reminds me of like when I went to college, I'm the eldest of five. So when I went to college, my mom still had four younger kids and I was on my own. Right. But I will see my friends getting care packages, getting Valentine's Day cards, their parents will check in and ask how an exam was. I'm like, my mom didn't even know I had an exam. So I agree in that sense that I want to be more involved with my children for longer. Like, I don't want them to think that adulthood means, like, 100%, like, just.
0: I don't plan on ever, like, I do think there's, there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm ever going to take my foot off the pedal in that sense that, like, I'm there. Mm-hmm like a, my kids could potentially have some negative things to say about me but I at least want them to say that my dad was there and he showed up when I needed him all the way into adulthood yeah 30 plus 40 plus god willing I'm here still right
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. um and I think that's and yeah what no cuz I feel like when I say things like I want to do that it sounds like I'm shitting on my parents mhm so I want to be like yeah. I I want to be sensitive to that. Yeah. That I'm not shitting on my parents. It's just Honestly, I want more sometimes. Yeah. Even at 34. Yeah. So yeah, that's my truth.
1: Yeah. And I feel like another thing is like it's never too late to create traditions or to you know like we have our parents. We're very lucky. Um And it's sad, though, because I know many of us, you know, like in talking to friends and stuff that. And they have all this information like they wish their parents would just acknowledge where they did wrong and move on. But it's like. Many of our parents just refuse to just take any accountability or. Even admit that anything they did was wrong, or are still being the same way, stuck in their ways. If they
0: are, it's very surface. And I think if you were honest with your parents in the same way you are in a relationship, you wouldn't accept that. Like I always often think about, like if I gave the answers that sometimes I get from my parents to you. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> right you like the fuck you, you didn't say anything. You yeah. said a lot of nothing.
1: So like our parents don't take accountability, you know. And when I'm saying our, I mean our generation. So people in our age group, their parents mm-hmm. like have an issue with taking accountability or they feel like you're ungrateful.
0: Or they'll give a reason as to why.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like I Excuses. did this
0: because of this.
1: Mhm and i think you could explain right but it doesn't negate the damage that was done um so an apology with accountability um is important you know and
0: and i think also an apology and accountability and follow through mm-hmm. nothing is solved in one conversation like i've never i'm <laughs> i'm pretty witty and i can't wrap it up in one conversation yeah never like i've never sat down with you i was like walked away i'm like oh one and done she won't bring that up ever again mm-hmm. why wouldn't we do the same with our loved ones yeah i digress
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we're all done babe. yeah
0: it's good to be back um yeah my love daddy do you still like me
1: i still like you
0: we we doing the pod for here for the rest of the month
1: yeah I'm in the holiday spirit.
0: All right next week I'm gonna get it together because I didn't I didn't get the memo about looking all the holidays fancy.
2: <laughs> peace.